Welcome into a new Buff Stampede Radio. Adam Munster Tiger, the publisher of BuffStampede.com on the 24-7 Sports Network. Here today, today with Forever Buff Evan Batty. And we're coming to you from GQ Barbecue, their Westminster location. Evan, it's great to see you. Uh, you resigned the title as the unofficial mayor of Boulder about a year ago. How has life treated you since then? I haven't treated me well. I uh, went on to play a year in Bulgaria and uh, saw the country, saw multiple countries and traveled the world and played basketball every day for a living. And I'm excited to uh, be back in Boulder uh, for the summer and look to uh, see more countries again. Yeah, we got to hear about that experience playing in Bulgaria. I, I, I can't imagine. Uh, was it similar to Colorado at all? I've heard it's kind of like a, a touristy type of country, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it had the similarities and had its differences, of course. But um, where I was at, it was an hour outside of the capital. Um, you know, a town similar to Boulder, you know, next to the mountains. You know, you can go ski. Um, you know, it's... You know, that town of Borovitz is kind of like you hang out town in the winter. It's really popular in the winter, so it was kind of like that. And then, um, you know, obviously us being an hour away in from the capital, we live in a small town, Samakov. It was kind of like a village almost, but um, you know, the people were there were great. You know, I have nothing to say, nothing bad to say about any of the people there. It's uh, great people, great culture, but uh, I had a good time. Do many people over there speak English? How, how was the um, language barrier in terms of getting acclimated in that sense? I would say, like, most of my team spoke English. Um, you know, they spoke, or, or, or they can understand English. And they can uh, kind of, like, uh, use context clues to figure it out. But um, the, the people in my town didn't really speak English. They kind of did sometimes. But, um, you know, you can, you know, you can, like, do simple gestures or, like, simple words like they know like obviously like common words they know that so uh, it was kind of relatable i can i can i can obviously uh communicate with them as well so well you didn't need much of an introduction because uh anybody listening to colorado basketball podcast uh, knows all about evan batty and there's been no player in the program's history that has been on the court for more wins with the buffaloes than, than you evan um and you really you really wear your pride of being a buff on, on your sleeve. Uh, where did that passion come from? Is it just something that uh, you built over time here in Colorado, or, or did you have it pretty much uh, from the jump? I kind of always had it, honestly. Um, you know, being from LA, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a rich town of talent. You know. And um, just kind of surviving in that growing up and um, so much talent in, in the area, so much different teams, different, you know, players are coming up as well. And, you know, battling every weekend with them and, you know, really honing your skills and playing every day and, you know, playing mo- multiple games a day. Like, you know, sometimes I played seven games in a day, you know. Um, just kind of the desire to win, that drive to win gets uh, forged through that, all of that, you know, craziness of AAU is just, you know, that desire to win is forced through that. And I think it just carries over to how I play. Awesome. And I, another thing we're going to spend some time talking about is the TBT. And that's one of the reasons that, that you're back here in Colorado as well. That's coming up here in a few weeks. What does the preparation look like as you and a bunch of other former buffs get back together to, to play in the TBT? Yeah, so we're going to get back 
Uh, the guys are going to get back in town on Friday, and um, we have a couple of days of practice, you know, starting on Saturday, we have a couple of days of practice, uh, and then we head out on Tuesday to fly to Dayton, and uh, fly to Dayton and play the Mindanaki in Purdue, so um, it's going to be a fun fun game, some fun time, just uh, being with the guys is, is the most important thing for me, because uh, I haven't seen guys in, you know, so long, and that's going to be really good, just to be in the same area, same space, so... You know, I'm look, really looking forward to it because um, not every day you get you know um, meet up with all your guys that you uh, went to battle with, and because you all you're all different spots over the world. So it's uh, very fortunate and very grateful to be you know one of many guys to come back. Are there any guys on the TBT team that you didn't play with that you're looking forward to getting on the court with? Um, Xavier Johnson was committed. Uh, Xavier Johnson was playing his last year when I was committed, so he was. Uh, I came in the year after him, so but I know him. He's from LA, so you know, I, lo- I know him. You know, I was there. And I took my visit. You know, in the year he was there, so and, um, I loved it. You know, I loved the visit. I loved the guys, and I, I obviously ended up committing. So, um, yeah, Xavier yeah, Johnson, uh, Shannon Sharp, Deuce. We call him Deuce, but uh, him. Now, I, know, I know him too, just being from the same area, kind of in uh, Southern Cali. I know him as well. And uh, who else? Richard Roby, of course. I mean, Richard Roby is kind of like he's old head now. He, he kind of hopes he's gonna be like a like a player coach. Come on. Okay. But um, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's he's old head, but he can really play. He really, he can really uh, score it. So uh, I'm looking forward to meeting with him, and you know, because I, I know him pretty well. So. You know, just some of the guys that, you know, have been around that I'm looking forward to, to see. Today's episode is brought to us by Macaulay Capital Fractional CFO Services. Is your business looking for financial guidance and support but not yet big enough to hire a full-time CFO? Well, we have a solution for you. Hiring a fractional CFO who can work with your business on a part-time basis You get the benefit of having a seasoned financial expert on your team without the commitment or expense of a full-time hire. And here's the best part. It's likely that a partnership with Macaulay Capital will be a win-win situation, meaning that your business will make more money from the guidance of a fractional CFO than the total cost of partnering with us. For more information or to set up a meeting, please visit MacaulayCapital.com. That's M-C-C-A-U-L-E-Y Capital.com. Like I mentioned, we're here at GQ Barbecue at their Westminster location. Evan, we haven't gotten into the barbecue yet. We're going to order some food when we get off, uh, when we're done with this interview. But big thanks to GQ for their hospitality, letting us record here. Again, they have a location in Westminster. There's a GQ in Lone Tree. There's another location in Lakewood. There's also a location at Folsom Field on game days, at Empower Field on game days as well. So what kind of barbecue do you like, Evan? Uh, just like the regular, like ribs, uh, ribs, brisket. They have good ribs here, so we'll, yeah. we'll have to order some of those. Okay. Uh, Speaking of food, what's the go-to spot in Boulder when you come back in town? Oof, 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 oof. I actually haven't been to a restaurant in Boulder yet. I don't feel like, but my spot is really uh, usually um, the Rio. Okay. You know, I would I would uh, post it with the Rio, get some nachos, and chill out. So um, the grass-fed like, beef at the Rio is pretty awesome yeah yeah so that's probably my spot uh with my time in boulder well what about the the great boulder breakfast debate everybody always debates Ooh. between village coffee shop and the buff where do you go there 
Uh, I gotta go with the village. Village, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. They gotta go with the village. Shout out the village, man. Tad and his staff love the buff. They've taken recruits there yeah. for as long as I can remember. I'd imagine that was probably part of your recruiting trip when you came in. Uh, yeah, the buff was part of my recruiting trip. Um, I feel like it's the most hospitable or, you know, hospitality. You know? It's hard to cram a bunch of people exactly into, in the village. into the village. In the village, yeah. kind of like, you know, you know, if you have, you know, three visits, three recruits on a visit, and you have your parents, you know, it's kind of hard to you know, sit in the village because of the, the, um, the buff where you can just, like, you know, we always sit at the same table. It's always the same. Like, I've taken, I've, I've been the host for many recruits uh, during my tenure, tenure at CU, and I took in... Uh, countless recruits to uh, the buff for breakfast, and, um, and it's just a staple at this point. If memory serves, you also took official visits to Miami and Purdue. Was it? Yeah. As a high school recruit, yeah. Was it? Was that kind of your final three then? Yeah, that was my final three. I, I, t- I cut my list down to three, and um, you know that was it. You know that was it. Was time to take these visits and you know, really see just how. A college campus feels and uh, how it, how the uh, the pace is, you know how um, just just be on the campus and see, just you know really feel uh, my comfortable comfortableness, you know, in each location. And uh, thankfully, it was voted. Do you remember the moment when it kind of clicked for you when when you knew that that's where you wanted to commit? Yeah. So um, you know, I, I took my Boulder visit first. So that was the first one out of three. And, you know, I ended up loving it. And my dad and my sister and my mom were all here. And I just had a great time, you know. Uh, I was on my visit with uh, Deshaun Schwartz and Tyler Bay. And obviously they committed on the visit. So uh, I remember the fans at the, at the football game, they were, like, kind of pressuring me, like, hey, commit, commit. But, um, you know, I, I, no, I'm, I'm a man of my word. You know, I promised other coaches I would – take a visit and see you know I love the visit so um it was kind of hard to just even do that you know just I was like oh I'm so in love with the school in Colorado and um but like I said man my word I you know, took my Miami visit next and the Miami visit you know I, I Miami was my favorite before I went to Miami I'd okay say. so um I have nothing wrong I have nothing bad to say about Miami um the university but just a preference thing for me. Uh, it's a really small school. It's about, I think, 10, 11,000 students, I remember, in, in the undergrad or something like that. Um, and that was like, that felt really restrictive. Even though, like, it, it's probably not, that felt really restrictive. And um, I think I'm more of a big school personality. And um, that's more, you know, it, it just, in Miami, I felt like I could get distracted easily. And I thought like I could, um, you know, maybe safety there is the problem. It doesn't matter. You know, it's just stuff like that. You know, I started weighing out the benefits and, and I saw the facilities. I, did, I wasn't in love with the facilities. Uh, they were in a moment where they were, you know, kind of renovating. So I wasn't in love with it because um, obviously they wasn't done renovating um, and then I mean the head coach Jim Laranega is the dopest I mean he's he's really really cool um, you know I have nothing but good things to say about him but 
you know, fitting in with the roster, I thought I was good, but uh, I just didn't like the location and where I went to. I thought I would, and I just didn't like it. And then uh, I thought the next weekend, I went to Purdue. I took my three three visits back to back to back. Okay. Weekend by weekend by weekend. I was so tired in the airport after, but that's the end of the story. Um, Next weekend, Purdue. Have nothing but good things to say about Purdue. World class university, world class basketball program, world class coach, world class just everything. Um, you know, I loved it, but it didn't feel like home like Colorado did. That's pretty much the, the uh, deciding factor. You know, uh, Colorado felt like home, and it is. You know, obviously it still is home because I'm resigning here in, this, in the off season. So yeah, uh, yeah, the proof is in the pudding, I guess. Well, you had to show some patience in there with the eligibility ruling your last year of high school and then yeah. having a redshirt coming in. Right. How, how frustrating was that before even before the health scare, just having to, to not be able to participate in, in actual games? Um, no, it was frustrating. Just, uh, just because I haven't played in a while, you know, that was, that was the most frustrating part. It wasn't any, like, envy towards, you know, you know the dude who didn't, uh, allow me to play. He made, he made the decision to not allow me to play. It wasn't uh, both high school and NCAA, but it's you know I, I was I love the game so much and to be I love the competition and to be without it for you know two years. Yeah, for two years was tough. Um, but I I didn't really you know. My mom always told me to like not ask like why me, you know, like like don't like don't be a victim almost. And I wasn't. And I, I made the best out of it, you know, high school and college, uh, being with my team, you know, practicing every day, practicing hard, being uh, preparing them for what they were gonna see. Um, you know, being a team guy and you know, those team guys are important. And it shows it shows up, you know. Everywhere you go, you know, every facet of the game and uh, every every um, every level you look at, you know, that team, that team chemistry and that team camaraderie is really important. And I think it's such an overlooked part of sports in general, of team sports. And, you know, just having a collection of talent on paper doesn't really mean anything if they're not uh, not a team. And uh, so, yeah, I just stuck out with the team both years and uh, waited my turn, really, you know, and uh, continued to progress and get better. So, yeah. And before we get to the good stuff, I'm sure it's not a fun memory to think back on, but uh, going through the stroke and I mean, that's a big part of your story at CU. When you think back on that in the recovery process, what, what continues to kind of stick out in your memory about that experience? Well, I think the, the the part I remember the most is the speech aspect of uh, repairing and recovering the speech because I'm still recovering the speech. You know, it's kind of a thing that never goes away. Like you always have to work on it, and always have to uh, practice enunciating and you know saying each word fully and speaking loudly. And you know, it's kind of um, it, it really it really um, it really tests yourself your self talk. You know, like your self-discipline, uh, just trying to, um, just trying to communicate directly and at a, at a volume that 
people can understand you. And that's what I really struggled with when I first, uh, in the first couple months after, because I would just, I had to learn how to talk syllable by syllable again. And that's that's one of the things that's like, you know, you're, you're almost prone to ask why me, you know, yeah. and feel sorry for yourself. And you know, my mom still didn't allow me to and, um, you know, told me to do things like I would normally and um, don't sit around the house, go out with your friends, do things like you would normally and practice, practice speaking and practice, you know, um, you know, being a normal and being a normal, you know, student athlete, you know, 19 years old, you know, and that was what I did, man, or 18 years old, no, 19, yeah, 19, but, you know, at that age, I just listened to my mom, and, you know, did what she showed me to do, and um, I, went to, I went back to school, like, two weeks after the stroke, I think, um, it, was, it was during winter break, so, um, I remember... My team was at USC. They had to get me USC. That, like, maybe like January, anywhere from January 3rd to 7th, in, I think. Okay. And, you know, Coach Bull obviously, you know, said stay home. I registered that year anyway, so I had a longer break. So I went home before then. And when I had my stroke, I obviously stayed home. And, you know, I went to their shoot around. You know, I met them at the hotel. At, you know, they stayed at the Palomar on, uh, Bullshit. Uh, when they when they when when they're in LA, and I met them at the hotel. And um, funny thing is, I couldn't ride on the bus because I was red shirt. I was the academic red shirt, so I wasn't permitted to travel with the team. So I couldn't ride on the bus from the hotel to USC. So me and Coach took a taxi. You know, uh, me and me and Coach took a taxi. I I never forget. I love him so much for this. We took a taxi and. Um, Tish it around, and you know that's what he you know, told me. He would you know honor my scholarship even if I didn't play basketball again, and um, you know that meant the world to me for real. And after that, um, went went to USC. Um, you know the guys were trying. To, well, the guys knew I couldn't talk that well, so the guys were just like just wanted me around and just uh, rally rally behind me. I was shooting the ball. I was, you know, doing the other things I would have done, you know, without the talking. But I was still trying to talk, and I was still, you know, uh, push myself, even with the the mistakes. And, you know, it ended up having to be a point where I was comfortable with my mistakes and, you know, realizing that everybody makes mistakes and everybody um, has their own, you know, mistakes in this world. So getting comfortable with that allowed me to have the confidence to really talk again. And, um... You know, they lost that game to USC. You know, I think in overtime, that's when that's when the uh, that's when the rivalry started, per se. <laughs> I think uh, somebody got into it, and um, they threw Chemezi they, they threw Metu a lob at the end of the game. You know. Coach Is that it. when Andy Edfield called the timeout when they were up big? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. they called a timeout. They, they uh, drew up a lot of play and you know, all that, you know. So that was. A I starter. think it's good though. I think the rivalry with USC is right. is fun. Right. No, I think it is too. I wonder if it's the same nowadays. You feel like it's the same from their staff for a while. There, it, it definitely seemed clear that there was some animosity back and forth. Which, again, I think that's one of the sad things when you look on the football side of CU. Yeah. 
since they've joined the Pac-12, they just haven't found that rival to have that those feelings about because right, right. that's part of sports. And yeah. so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy. I, and I think I don't think it's cr- ever crossed the line between Tad and Andy. I think no, no, no. It's always it's always two great competitors competing. That's yeah. all it is. If you if you boil it down, you know. Um, even you know, even the following year when I was playing, and um, you know, we won at USC again. Uh, we won at USC for the first time, um, and for however long. Um, but we were finally going with our hump, and we won that game. And uh, I think Tad has some words, and Eddie Ainsbury has some words, and you know, me and Nate Tomlinson was holding them back, and Jason Hart was in there, and. You know, those are those are the fun. I think he times. was lifting Rick George in the air too. Yeah, on that. That, that was that was that picture as well. Man. That was, those are the fun times. And yeah, you know, um, actually, I didn't lose to the USC until my last year. I was six and zero until you know that that game when um, that game when um, uh, Chavez Goodwin ate us up. But um, yeah, I mean that's always a great competitor. It's, I think it's the hometown thing. You know, he's from my hometown. You know, it's, yeah. You know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes from the crib, you know, I got to show out every time. So um, that's, a, that's a real thing with players that come out of L.A., right, is yeah. that when USC or UCLA doesn't recruit you, it's kind of... Yeah, it's on. Know, yeah. It's on. Same thing with KJ in my year. Uh, KJ was, you know, having a great game against UCLA uh, at UCLA. Uh, we didn't play USC away, but we played UCLA away and we lost. But, um, yeah, it's fun memories, fun memories for yeah. sure. Pretty remarkable that you got back on the basketball court competing as quickly as you did. Right. Was there ever a thought that you were going to play that next season? You know, honestly, I wasn't really concerned about it when I had my stroke. I mean, you know, I was concerned about being a normal kid. Uh, and then basketball came second. And, you know, going back to school, you know, continuing where we left off before, but going back to school uh, after the USC-UCLA trip, um, you know, I took sign language. You know, I had three classes. I had like a reduced schedule, reduced, reduced class load. And I had, you know, um, uh, what's that called? I had like uh, help, not helpers, but like uh, oh, disability services. I had that. You know, it really helped me just get my feet, you know, back on and get back under my feet. And you know, the thing that helped me the most though. I had, a norm, I had a normal second half of the semester. I mean, I had a normal year at freshman year. And I think, you know, freshman, from a college standpoint, I really think freshman year is the most fun. I think it is. Um, but you can argue, you know, whatever, whatever years. But I think freshman year is the most fun. I had a hell of a time my freshman year. Just, um, just on the basketball court and not. Um, you know, I went to, so like my schedule from, when I had my stroke to probably late March, early May, I was, you know, going to class, doing speech therapy, doing physical therapy. I'm not practicing. I'm not practicing with the team, but I'm doing, you know, my own practice and my own, you know, things to make me better. And um, you know, and being around the team and every day, you know, that put that they put that. Um, it never, it never was a thought in my mind that I was going to play again. I was like, I'm, I'm going to play next year. Like, and it was kind of like, you know, although Coach Boyle offered me the, the assurance of the scholarship, it wasn't really a thought in my mind. You know, I was like, okay, well, I'm playing next year, and, you know, that's that. And, you know, that year, that, 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 
that um, spring semester of that freshman year, it was just so good just being around. I'll never, I get emotional every time I talk about it, but I'll never forget the eight days with me, McKinley, Deshaun, and Tyler in the, in the dorms. I'll never forget those. And even last, like Lazar Nikolic, he was in that class as well. But, you know, us on the same, we shared a bathroom. It was me and Deshaun on one side, Tyler and McKinley on the other side. And, um, you know, those guys were my rock. And um, it was really good just to uh, uh, be with them and be connected with them. And, you know, you know, they made it, you know, to where I can have a normal year. Just And the whole team really, you know, when it came to basketball stuff, I was still on the end of the bench. I'll be, I was the emotional leader even at a rookie, you know, a freshman, had a stroke, can't even talk. You know, they would all in the locker room after the at halftime. They would always, you know, allow me to, you know, get my messages across. But you know, make make my mistakes and stumble where I would. You know, they would allow me the time, and you know, they would uh, take what I had to say into perspective. And um, they really, you know, George King, Tory Miller, and Josh Repine, Don Collier. You know, those guys really. Um, Really saw I had a high basketball IQ from an early age, and they've, you know, allowed me the time to you know really talk to the team and uh, get my my message across. So I mean, I can't thank those guys enough just for that alone. I mean, making me feel a part of the group, you know. So on the court, what does it feel like to be on the same team as McKinley? Right? What what is it like to have him as your point guard? Yeah. So I mean, going back to the, uh, my freshman year, still. You know, I, I, I obviously McKinley had a stellar, a stellar freshman year, and you know, I always, uh, from now on, like from the first game on, really, I was like, oh wow, this kid is special. And uh, from that on, I was just trying to figure out how I can play with him, and how I can, you know, be of a help, of an asset to him. And um, the next year, you know, I started working, I started working out again, and you know. April, you know, uh, after spring break, 2018, and um, it was time to go to work, and you know, it was really, you know, battle by fire, uh, getting better by fire, and getting better by competing. You know, me and McKinley, T-Bag, Deshaun, you know, that, I mean, all, like that core with all the other, you know, Naaman, Shane, you know, Dell, Lucas, Seward, Dallas Walton, you know, all those guys, you know, competing every day, and, you know, McKinley leading us, of course, and, you um, when, during that year, during that offseason, McKinley was unstoppable in pickup. You know, you know he was just he was just too good. You know, when we would play pickup, he's just too good. And it was really like um, when you're on your when it's on when you're on your team and you're on his team, you really try to you know take pride in you know him keeping that keeping that image and you know just him not losing. And then when you're against him, you want to just tear that down and, you know, really go at him and really uh, say it was fun. And, you know, he's the ultimate competitor. And, um, you know, he he's the type of dude where he's going to he's gonna score a little bit, but he really likes passing. You know, he likes getting his guys involved. And that says a lot about him. He's really unselfish. And um, I, can't, I can't speak highly enough of McKinley. Obviously, CU's all-time assist leader, and yeah. you know records are, are meant to be broken. But that's one he, I'd like to see stick around for a little while. Yeah, I think he broke that assist by giving it to me as well. Okay, yeah, he, he passed me the ball, pick and roll, 
passed it to me. I finished it. I looked at him. I pointed at him. He pointed at me. So it was, you know, it was a good memory for sure. That's awesome. Obviously won a lot of games, and you're finally going to get a chance to play in the NCAA tournament, and then COVID comes. Right. Uh, I know the end of that regular season didn't go all that well. You guys were, were kind of struggling, but right. it was pretty much a, you guys were a shoe-in yeah, for the tournament that in, year. Yeah. Uh, there's so much going on in the world. How, how do you get past that hurdle? I mean, you've already dealt with so much in your career, and that's yeah, right. one more thing you've got, got to overcome. Right. Um, you know, the, the thing I hated the most about COVID is it, it did the thing. It did. COVID accomplished the thing that I despise the most, which is being apart and being uh, away from each other. And, you know, it made it hard for the team to just stay real tight-knit because just, you know, you, I didn't see those guys for three months, the longest I've ever seen them, not seen them, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I went home, you know, obviously it was in March, and we didn't come back to school until, like, June or, you know, June, you know, late, no, mid early mid-June so I mean three months is a long time without seeing my you know, teammates and you know the longest time I've been without seeing my teammates and that was a, uh, a hurdle for me to get over you know just working out you know finding the gym time you know just all those things that really uh, really restricted us from improving as a, as a unit and um, but I think we did a, a wonderful job all doing what doing what we could you know what I'm saying? And doing what we could and, you know, getting our work in when we can. And, um, you know, obviously, cause next year we came back and we were a really good team. Yeah. And so you and McKinley and Deshaun did get to play in the NCAA tournament. But right. Tyler Bay didn't get that opportunity right. because of, you know, COVID canceling the right. tournament. Is that right. one of those regrets as a group of guys that you just kind of feel bad that he didn't, you know, be, I, I get that like, experience? I feel like... Uh, collectively, it's a it's a thing like damn, we could have really made some noise because the four of us were really were really a, um, a mother effort to deal with, and yeah. uh, you know, you know, we were you know, I think we were ranked you know as high as 15 that year or 16 something like that, and uh, we had, obviously had our, our loss to Kansas, and um, but we we were competing at a high level, you know, we you know playing Oregon tough, you know we split against Oregon and you know, McKinley and Peyton Pitcher having, you know, showdown, showdown after show get showdown, you know, they them two went at it their whole yeah. careers. And um yeah, so that that was really fun. And um that was really a big regret. Really just just like knowing that we could have made some noise for sure. And it's your junior year, McKinley's senior year, Jabari gets hot. Uh, Deshaun Schwartz got hot in that game as well. You guys beat Georgetown in the NCAA tournament. What, what does it feel like to, to win a game in March Madness? It's a feeling like no other, to be honest. And it wasn't even a normal year in, in March Madness. It was still a COVID year, so it was a limited crowd and uh, stuff like that. But it was it was the feeling you got just you know advancing. Just being there in the first place, the feeling you got just practicing on the main floor. Now, practicing on the floor, you're gonna, you're gonna play on, and um, being an indie and realizing you're part of the best of the best is uh, a wonderful feeling. And I, I mean, my only hope is for those guys now is to get to that, get to that feeling, and um, not only get to that feeling, but obviously progress in that feeling and really take that feeling up to another notch, and you know, get to six Sweet Sixteens and Elite Eights and Final Fours, because. 
you know, these these schools are proving that they can do it. You know, Miami just did it last year. They came out of the really came out of the womb to do it. And um, you know, San Diego State. I mean, they've been good for the past couple of years, but just you know, those teams that have built the core year by year and then, you know presented that you know full blossom picture is um, you know those those teams you know get to the, the, that special place. And I think that you know this team right now, so you can really get to that special place, you know, because Tristan and KJ, and obviously Julian, and you know all the guys from Eddie Lincoln and Luke O'Brien, just all those guys. They got some talented freshmen coming in, you know, some some good sophomores that are uh, have been practicing all year for the CU team, but just redshirted, you know, some two redshirted freshmen that are really good and really. Uh, we really have a great work, work ethic. I think that's it. I think out of all my out of all my qualities, that I uh, would instill myself in. Like I would describe myself. I feel like that was what I loved on CU. Uh, that that group, uh, Tristan and my team, like Tristan, uh, Julian, and. Even, you know, Tristan, Julian, KJ, all of them. There's ones that are still there from when I was there. Because, you know, that year I was I was the lone fifth-year senior. I was a fifth-year senior. But, you know, I was really I was really the lone head, like the old lone old guy. And, um, you know, the work that I put in every day at CU that year was just... I'm so proud of that, you know, that, that, that discipline... Uh, even when I didn't want to do it, even when I didn't want to, you know, uh, live, I, would, I didn't want to run. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to be on the back. I didn't want to go on the versus climber. You know, I was, I didn't want to shoot. And my legs were tired. You know, that ability to just go anyway. And, you know, my manager, his name is CJ Armitage. CJ Armitage, shout out CJ. Um, he's just the best. He, he, I'm about to work out with him in like an hour and a half. Or, okay. Uh, no, two hours. So he was the, he, he's the best manager, and he was just, uh, I'm so grateful for him, just allowing me the opportunity to share the court with him and, you know, share conversations through basketball and, you know, uh, having, you know, real deep conversations about, you know, what life is about post-basketball. And uh, as you can tell, I get emotional when I talk about things I, you know, value. Um yeah, so where were we? I forgot where we were. No, no, it's that's great stuff. I wanted to ask you about senior night because it felt like a script out of Hollywood. Yeah. Arizona comes in there ranked number two in the country. Right. One of the most beloved student athletes in program history playing in final regular season home game. And you go guys go out there and, and it's back and forth and, and you pull away late in the game. I think win by 16 points yeah. uh, and just the moment afterwards with the fans I, it, it's hard to put in what was that experience like living living in those moments that experience was uh, once in a lifetime you know you couldn't write it any better and you know I had, I had obviously my family in town and I had some friends that I grew up with in town as well and then I was storming the court after as well but um you know, when the seconds were counting down on the clock, on the game, game clock, and uh, I was pointing over to the, like, the student section to come on out, like, 
I don't care what the what the security says. Like, come on out, like, let's go. And uh, you know, ultimately they came out, and we just you know jumped and you know screamed and all that. And um, then later, like probably like two minutes later, I found my friends. I'm like, oh wow, you guys are here. So it was. Um, and then obviously the after uh, the video with McKinley and uh, all those guys, um, you know, wishing me, you know. Uh, great career at CU, and you know, uh, my, congrats on my senior night, and you know, all that, I, all that I've, that I've been through, and all that. Um, that was, I mean, the world to me. And I was, I was already emotional. Uh, I was already emotional. I'm emotional now, just talking about it. But um, you know, my speech was, you know, the words couldn't be no more true. You know, that um, I, lo- I love this place. I love Boulder. I love. Um, the relationships and you know, the times I had, and I don't know what I'm gonna. Uh, I don't know how much that I feel like Boulder. Uh, those people are going to realize that I just as much as you love me, I love you, and uh, that's really special to me. Yeah, I think the people do realize that, and that's why. Like I said, you're one of the most beloved student-athletes that's come through CU. Uh, where did the nickname the mayor come from? Uh, I don't know. Cause I always, I've always given credit to, credit to Spencer. Like, he's a mayor. Like, and you know, people were trying to say, like, governor and all that. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, whatever you want to do is fine. Like, <laughs> and those people still, people have different opinions. And that's where it all lies down to. Because some people think Spencer's the mayor. I do as well. I think Spencer's the mayor. Like some people think I'm the mayor, but I'm like, okay, well, look, if you want, if you want to do that, then mayors can have different terms. So like, there you go. So you can you can both be mayors. And um, so I always pay it for it with Spencer though. He's obviously like the the mayor, and uh, Spencer, he's the hell of a dude. Yeah, like you said, there there's terms there, so I think yeah. you guys both uh, served your terms, and you even made a, an awesome video on your way out of town right, to uh, right. resign your position. Right, so, right. when did you find out you were going to play in Bulgaria? How did that whole process come about? And the overseas market is an uh, interesting thing because you know it's kind of like uh, you know, an agent reaches out to team or an agent reaches out to par- partner partner agency who, who reaches out to team. And knows the area and knows who needs what. Um, so it's kind of like that. The recruitment process can be long or it can be short. I know Deshaun, Deshaun has been signed to France since uh, late June, maybe. Or actually early June, he signed to France. And Dallas just signed to uh, Israel just yesterday, two days ago. Okay. So, you know, um, I'm still looking to where, I, where I'm getting signed. I, I got a phone call with my agent tonight. But uh, I'm still looking at where I'm going to get signed and where I'm going to play next next year. But um, so yeah, that's kind of the recruitment you know process. And I didn't know where I was going until August last year. Uh, like August maybe maybe like uh, August third or second. So um, you know, it takes time, obviously. You know, finding the right spot. But um, yeah, so find out in August, and then got my documents ready to go overseas, you know, in August, and that's when that's when I went. You have to kind of go with the flow in a sense. Yep. As a competitor, how difficult is it to stay patient and not necessarily know what 
things are going to look like a few months down the road. Yeah, it's ultimately you just got to uh, keep putting in your work and uh, trust your work and trust what you've uh, accomplished and uh, will get you, you know, get you in the door. But you know, you have to accomplish, you know, other things. So um, that's really that's really what it is for me. Just you know, staying patient, you know, continuing to lift. You know, I'm, like right now, I don't know where I'm going right now. But I'm st- I have lift with Steve in the morning. I'm working out at the university, you know, at 4:30. So I mean, it's just like that. You know, just staying patient, staying with your work, and uh, doing doing what you controlling controlling what you can control. You know, because you can't control where you go. You can't control, you know, what what contracts or what contracts aren't coming. You just can control your workout. Your your you know whatever, whatever you want. So control what you can control. TBT is coming up. Is that kind of a nice uh, distraction until you kind of figure out what's going to happen? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm I'm loving this. Summer. I, mean, I don't. I don't. I wish it would slow down, but uh, um, yeah, I'm I'm loving it. Um, TBT is the thing that I look forward to, and I look forward to seeing the guys, and look forward to uh, just being around the guys. So, yeah. Do you guys get to practice a little bit with the current squad to get ready for that? We'll probably have like one or two days practice with the current squad because most of them aren't here. You know, KJ's home, Tristan's home, uh, Devon Halley's home, uh, Eddie Lincoln is home, uh, RJ's home. So, like, the dudes are home, you know, so not the whole team is here. Um, the guys that are around, you know, some collection of other players from around the area will certainly scrimmage them. Sure. You mentioned Addy Lampkin. He's a, a big guy that lets to, likes to set screens and you know play down in the paint. Uh, a little bit of a different player than, than you were, but do you see some similarities in his game? Yeah, I see some similarities to my early uh, early years in Colorado. Um, you know, he's obviously taller than me, but uh, similarities in the way we uh, set screens, roll hard. Um, no, not not above the rim, you know, below the rim type players. And you know, he's really good. You know, we played, you know, we played a pickup one get one day. And um, you know, he was giving it to me sometimes. And he's really good. And he's a hell of a player and I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be that emotional leader as well that CU needs because you know, Tristan's kind of a quieter dude. KJ can be a quieter dude sometimes. He's really really not a quiet dude. He can be so Eddie is always, you know, always going to be you know, uh, saying what he wants and say what he thinks and, you know, always makes his presence felt. I think that's what they need. So, Cody Williams has generated a lot of hype, ranked number four among all prospects in his class. He doesn't seem to have the ego of, you know, a McDonald's All-American, no, a five-star no, guy. No. Have you had a chance to interact with him much? Oh, for sure. You know, this last, I feel like, um, just before he went, he left the USA, and then after he came back from the USA, these last couple of weeks, you know, we've been talking a lot, and we we've been uh, kicking it in the locker room and everything. You know, he's the most grounded. You know, he's he's really the most grounded uh, five star athlete I've ever met. You know, he's he's, he's just you know he, he you can tell he's you can tell he's a little bit different. You know, just in his ability. You know, you can tell he walks a little bit different. He, uh, both the rim type dude, but you know he's just the most grounded player and grounded you know dude, and um, you know everybody has nothing but great things to say about him, and 
Um, you know, he's going to be so good for the university, and, you know, just no matter how long he stays, you know. So, yeah. I've heard some good things about R.J. Smith. Are there any guys, young guys in the program, you're kind of excited to, yeah. to see how they step up this coming season? I'm excited for just the whole – I'm excited for RJ, of course, uh, Cody, Joe, Herbert. I think he can, you know, make some. He can really shoot it. He can really shoot it. He can't shoot as good as me, but he can shoot it. And um, he, you know, he can he can put it on the floor. He can uh, defend multiple positions. So, I mean, he, he's going to be really good. I think he is going to be that next step for him is going to be. Um, Getting on the court, obviously, but really getting some good minutes and competing. You know, a lot of the kids, you know, they just miss the competing part of it. You know, just always competing and always, uh, you know, fighting for to the last second. Uh, that's that's a, that's a part that I think he can grow and really compete. When you were at CU, we saw you at all the home football games. Do you, do you have your tickets for this fall? What, what's it like uh, as you? What are your expectations for? Your first year of the Coach Prime era in Boulder. Oh, I mean, I'm optimistic, naturally. I'm, I'm naturally optimistic, so <clears throat> I want to say at least bowl game eligible. At least. Um, well, it depends. You know, it depends on how long um, how long it takes for them to build the culture around. You know, that's the most important part, you know. You can have, like I said earlier, like I alluded to earlier, you can have the collection of talent on paper that looks good, you know, five-star here, five-star there, but if those guys aren't playing for each other and playing as a unit and playing connected and um, really just, you know, really just playing for no one another, you know, it's not going to happen. And it, it happens by this 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 camaraderie and um, this, this sense of one another happens just by spending time with each other, you know, and the fact that they're all new, I think that's the that's the part that troubles me. Is you know, these new guys in Boulder, you know, they come with from different places, they have their routines and um, they're not spending enough time together. You know, that's really where it boils down to. You know, time spent together, you know, and talent, you know, it, it's good things happen, you know. And that's that's a thing that's a thing that I took away from my years with uh, the Kobe year. The obviously the years so the years of my years in, in Colorado, you know, my my five years, we spent a lot of time together. All my teams did, um, except for my freshman year. I mean, we were still kind of in little, little groups. You know, there's a team, it was kind of little groups of freshmen here, you know. But that next year, we all started to hang out together and hang out as a group, hang out as a, as a team. That's when we took off and um, we made the NIT. And then the next year was the year COVID hit. Obviously, we turned him a year, uh, turned him a year in the NIT again with the with the fresh with the my young team. So yeah, it just you know the it makes sense you know spending time together you know develop develops you know a love for one another and that translates to the court. It's just crazy that Coach Prime has brought so many eyeballs down upon Boulder and CU and. Yeah. To just be walking around in, in a TV's on national TV and they're talking right. about CEO, it, you just didn't see that before. No, no, it's, no, no. It's I crazy. Think, I think it's great. No, I yeah. think it's great. I mean, no matter no matter what his record is this year, I think that alone is great. Yeah. You know, just getting the talk and the buzz about CU, you know, and, you know, because it's a special place and I think it needs more attention. 
Yeah. Before we end this interview, Evan, I'm just curious, TBT, what, what are your goals going into that? Is it just to kind of have that camaraderie with the guys, or uh, is there something in your game that you try to work on as you compete in this tournament? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, I'm just working on you being a good player, you know, just playing, you know, shooting when I'm open, passing when I'm not, setting the screen, doing all the things necessary to uh, to win, even if that requires me off the bench sometimes, or even all the time, I'll be I'll be eighth man, I'll be sixth six man, seventh man, because I, I like I said, I have no ego. You know, I'm just going to win and you know play with my guys. And the thing is that we're all we're all individual competitors, so we're going to have a collective you know, competitiveness competitiveness about us, and we're going to have a collective uh, sense of pride, and that's going to be. Uh, you know the thing that is going to have, uh, make it hard to hard to beat us. So, yeah, it could be. It's going to be feel nice to wear those colors again, right? Yeah, for sure. On the basketball for court, sure, for sure. Awesome, Evan. Well, it, it was great to catch up with you, and uh, we got to do this every once in a while because I know CU fans are going to continuously want to know uh, what's been going on in your life as you continue to play professional basketball. You've right. got a lot of people here in Colorado right, right. rooting you on. Right. Okay. Thank you. Awesome, and thanks to everybody out there for tuning in.